What is sacred to them is their ability to do whatever they damn well want to. Hi everybody, welcome to the Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend here, Alfonso Rachel, and you probably know the drill by now. Uh, Zoe, uh, a couple days ago, as we record this, uh, it was leaked from inside the Supreme Court that um, that the Roe v. Wade opinion looked like it was going to be overturned. Uh, that's not my primary concern for this particular topic. Um, what what I'm concerned about is is that. This is absolutely unprecedented as far as I know in, in American history, and it's the destruction of yet another institution that has been around and provided, to a large degree, justice and freedom and security for an awful lot of people. So my question today, really, that I wanted to talk about is, is nothing sacred to these people? Is there nothing, nothing that they hold as above manipulation, as anything that's above... Um, their uh, their willingness to to uh, to break the the rules. Do they have any rules about anything? That the corruption of everything that the left has touched is really astonishing, and they're not replacing it with anything. So yet another institution now, or at the very least another. Uh, it's not even a tradition. It's an operating principle that's been with us pretty much from the beginning, and namely that the Supreme Court makes a ruling. As a fait accompli, in other words, it's not like we're about to say this. So the whole purpose of this, of this system and keeping the ruling secret until the Supreme Court makes the official announcement is so that people can't lobby or pressure the judges. It's done. You know, it's like, it's done. Here's our ruling. You don't like it. That's okay. Well, there's nothing you can do about it because it's done. When you have this kind of leak now, now there's all this pressure on these judges. Who knows if it's going to make a difference or not? But, but it's just so, it's so, disrespectful is at the very bottom of the list of adjectives that I have for this. And it really got me thinking, uh, so is there anything that is sacred to these people, do you think? No. <laughs> I guess the simple answer is no. It's not no, saying, I hey, guess not. When we have it, the law of the land that you can, uh, I guess they call it terminating a pregnancy. Uh, when that when that so-called right is protected. And, and here's the thing. I mean, we get caught up, uh, you know, this this language, they're, they're able to sucker the people with this language of terminating a pregnancy. You don't terminate a pregnancy. All right, a pregnancy terminates itself. It, and it happens like typically after nine months when the baby is delivered. Mm -hmm. That's when the when it's gone as full term as it, it being the, I guess, the, the prefix of termination. Uh, this term is done. And that's when pregnancy ends. If you do that early, that's not a termination of a pregnancy. That's a term. That's a termination of a human being. Yeah, that's but, right. And termination of pregnancy is another one of those sterile, scientific sounding words yeah. that we use to avoid having to face the ugly reality of things we don't want to face. Yes, yes. So to answer your question, is anything sacred? No, no. And when we can like go ahead and we can twist around uh, what marriage means, <clears throat> when we can twist around uh, what what people's what what qualifies as a person's property and, and make exceptions for when we can intrude on people's right to property and stuff like that. Is anything sacred? Uh, no. And and, you know, the thing is, with this leak coming out, no, nah, this doesn't this this doesn't surprise me. And I think this should qualify as one of those things, because uh, I think in the Constitution, uh, what what can get a, um, a, a Supreme Court justice kicked off the bench? Uh, bad behavior, whatever that means. <laughs> like, yeah, we, and, we don't know where the leak came from, at least as we record this anyway. 
Yes, yes, the water broke and uh, the leak, this leak came out, you know? And uh, so, and, and I think it's just one of those things, man, where it's a, it's a throw away to distract from what's going on uh, between the economy uh, being the way that it is, uh, what's going on and what can come out in terms of uh, uh, Russia and Ukraine. And even that can be like used as a distraction. Um, but the things that are, that are showing I don't want to say the failures of this administration, because like I said, Bill, I don't put nothing past Democrats. This isn't this isn't uh, the 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 Biden administration um, screwing up. This is the Biden administration screwing us and yeah. they need a distraction. Right. Well, and this is a good. One. I don't know if it was the Biden administration necessarily, although I'm with you, I it's a strange thing with the Biden administration. I wouldn't put anything past them. And at the same time, I don't think they're capable of anything. You know, it's a weird kind of a yeah. mental gymnastics mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, I just don't think that, that they're, they're capable. But I, I, I think there's, I don't think there's much question that the leak came from a leftist, right? Mm. Uh, and that, and that this was, I've, I've maintained since I've been doing this, that the, there are two, basically two third rails. The third rail is the electrified rail that you don't step on or else it'll kill you. There are two mm. third rails that, in politics. On the left, it's abortion. And on the right, it's gun. Um, it's not gun rights. It's gun confiscation, right? Those are hills that, that it seems to me like the two sides are, are willing to die on more or less. But I'm, I'm just struck by, well, first of all, I'm struck by the fact that you, you make a really, not only a good point, you make the point. It's a little, um, so your priorities are a little messed up if you're getting the vapors as I am about a, a, a institutional uh, procedure and tradition being violated when in point of fact, the reason it's being violated is because, you know, because of this mass murder that's been going on uh, for since 1973 now, what's been going on since history, right? Mm. Um but I, so I suppose, I suppose there's that. I suppose on some level, we shouldn't be surprised about this, right? When, if the question is, is nothing sacred? Well, human life isn't sacred. So why should, why should some obscure procedure about how the Supreme Court functions be sacred to people? Mm -hmm. Indeed, man. And it's, it's, um, and I guess the, a big disappointment, and actually, let me back that up. It's like you just said, this has been going on for a long time. And we've been warned about this stuff, you know, for a long time, um, this leaking out. And I mean, I don't, I don't know who did it. You know, people are speculating, uh, uh there's a speculation. I don't personally like to do that, uh, about who did what, you know, no, without you looking get, at, but it's just, yeah, it's just noise. Yes. It's just know. noise, but making an observation, not, not trying to, you know, speculate, but just making an observation on what's going on and the, uh, uh, the, the wagging that people will do to get people distracted about stuff. This wouldn't surprise me if that strategy is put into play. And, um, and just once again, it just comes back to when it comes to an ideology, especially when it's an ideology that grants you getting what you feel entitled to. That's what's sacred. Yeah, I just realized, yeah, that, there is something sacred to these people. That's it. Ah, and what is sacred yes. to them is their ability to do whatever they damn well want to anytime they want to, no matter what the cost, no matter what the yes. impact on other people. That's what's sacred. Yes. Power. Yes. Yes. It's, that's, that's the sacred thing right there. And, um, 
you know, and, and it, it's like it, it, when it doesn't it doesn't matter what it costs, who, the, the, the forced expense uh, that's going to be imposed on somebody else and, and just assuming that, well, that's just too bad or they can afford it or they deserve it or whichever, anything to justify it, you know, to to yourself. And um, and it's it's so sad when, you know, people assume that they have the power uh, to do something like that. And it gives power a bad name as it is because it takes power to resist these things. It does. You know, these, these things happen out of weakness. No, that's right. And, the more, and, and when people get this power, uh, as, as I've long said, it's not the power that corrupt, corrupts. It's, it's weakness that corrupts. And I think even, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Jordan Peterson even says something to the same effect where it's like, if you think people with power are scary, uh, and I don't want to butcher what it is that he's saying, uh, but you know, if, if you think that power is scary, just imagine what weak people will do. You know, it's it's you know when 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 you have weakness, when you have fear, when people are given over to their weakness, and when people are given over to their fears, um, that that is when the real damage happens. And forgive me if I if I butchered a Jordan Peterson's. I I think I said it better anyway. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I'll, um, I'll send um, him an email. Let him know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> But I think that's where we're at. You know, still, again, we're just revisiting the same thing again. Well, sacred means something holy, right? And you can't have anything that's genuinely holy. Mm. Sacred to me, in operational terms, undoubtedly, you know, the root of the term and tell me what it means in, you know, in in Greek and Aramaic. But uh, <laughs> the, the term as it's operationally used here in the 21st century is the idea that if something is sacred, it's beyond... It's not only beyond reproach, it's beyond touch, it's untouchable. It is something that has to be left alone. It is something that is that is holy and sacrosanct, which I think kind of means literally means like there's a wall around it. Uh, it it's something that that is beyond our um, it's something that if we mess around with, that becomes not just a, a political problem. It's a sin. And and you can't have anything sacred if you don't believe in anything bigger than yourself. The Middle Ages were kind of a rough time for uh, Christianity and got a pretty bum rap of, over the course of a couple centuries there, and part of it was deserved. But, I'm, but I was struck by something when you were talking, because during the Middle Ages, and this varied on from scales that would range from on the high end building cathedrals, which would take hundreds of years. People who started them would never finish them. People who worked in the middle of them never saw the beginning or the end of them. That's way up here and way down on the bottom, you might find a case where some baron or something who's committed all this adultery or murder or whatever the case may be, uh, founds a monastery or something, right? Or endows a monastery for them. And he's going to basically provide the money for this monastery to go on forever, so long as these monks promise to say a prayer for him, uh, you know, once a day. And the reason I bring that up is because while that's not how Christianity works, this idea of doing good works to get you out of all of your sins, that's not really the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make was, was that that fear of God, that fear of the afterlife, fear of judgment, fear of something, caused violent, evil, corrupt people to try to do good out of, out of um, fear and respect for this divine judgment that was heading their way. And, and you can look at pretty much all of the Middle Ages as all of, all of the building that was done was, was basically done, at least the explanation given, was to essentially atone or to, or to, or to get in good with God, you know? And, and I'm, I'm just struck by the fact that 
if if the fear of of offending the sacred was so strong that you would commit to a multi-generational unbelievably expensive uh, uh, task like building a cathedral in a, in a relatively small town. You know, they don't have hydraulic lifters. It's just an enormous, enormous, that, that that functioning idea of something being sacred, the functioning idea that this, this is something that's out there and if I've offended it or if I've, if I've intruded upon it or if I've violated it, then I have to do something big to make up for that. And, and if you have that belief, it kind of tends to keep you in more or less in line. And when you don't have that belief, then there is nothing whatsoever to measure the consequences of your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not violation. It's, um, it'll probably come to me when you, when you, when you violate something that's sacred, um, uh, oh, it's like it's not like defamation. Um, Be sacrilege, blasphemy, defile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's desecration is the word. Des okay, it's de des desec desecration, basically desecration. Um, well, so when we talk about <clears throat> we're speaking about something sacred, that's one of the things where. <clears throat> Who can define what's sacred? That's why we, we have to have like some sort of compass. We have to have a model of what could, cause people can call anything that they want sacred. And just as you mentioned earlier, something that a person uh, can find sacred may be something that they just simply feel entitled to. Um, and it, this, you know, satisfying their selfishness itself can be something that's totally sacred. And these are things that the Lord, you know, frowns upon. It's like, look, don't, don't assume to def make a definition of what's sacred because it will impose on other people. Even when people try to maybe build these monuments and things like that, even the Lord has, you know, he, he's got blueprints. So it's like, look, man, this is the, the design that you're going to build. If you're going to build a structure, you're going to do it like this. So we see, you know, like when people take and run with uh, when the Lord says, um, yeah, on this rock, I will build my church. I guess they missed what he said when he says on this rock, I will build my church. You don't build it. I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm that carpenter guy. Remember? So when you build this church, the church is supposed to be the people. We are the sacred place where the, where the, where the Holy Spirit dwells. That's supposed to be us. We're the church. When people assume to, to make these buildings, and it's a strange thing because <clears throat> the Lord really doesn't particularly like, um, hewn stone. He doesn't like, uh, you know, so when people take this merit to like, you know, make these things and they're, and they're cutting stone and stuff like that, the Lord doesn't like hewn stone. But yeah, people because will it's, make it's, it's an indication that they don't get it at all. It's an indication they don't get it. It's like, it, cause the Lord himself is the cornerstone. I am the chief stone. You do not structure a stone to build upon. I do. And not only that, the reason, and, and the Lord telling you that he doesn't like hewn stone. When we say hewn stone, it's like stone that's carved out. It's really, right, right. it really gets down, down to a stone that's dug into is really what it gets down to. And it's a picture of what's going to happen to God himself. He will be laid inside of hewn stone. So he's like, look, I'm God, dude. I'm not supposed to die, but I'm going to have to die for your sins. I'm going to have to come as one of you to die. The chief stone is going to have to bleed and die. All right. So this, these are things that God puts up in for, you know, for, for people to see. 
And when people try to make these things that are sacred, it starts to take their eyes off of it. And it takes their eyes off the Lord saying, look, your righteousness is but filthy rags to me. Right. And when we say filthy rags, the Lord's not just just talking about a dirty rag. The Lord is talking about he's talking about menstrual cloth. Right. That's what your righteousness is to me. Even when the Lord clothed the priest, their 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 garments, the righteous priests, right, the, the ones who would be doing all this, you know, merit seeming stuff. It's like even the priests, their their garbs were called beged. And the word for beged means treachery. That's what it means. That's what they were clothed in. So even when he was given the Le- the, the Levitical law and how they would be dressed, it's a picture of the treachery that the priest would be clothed in, who would be treacherous to God himself when he came as Jesus and they beat him and they spit on him and they hung him on a stick. The scholars who were so merit and so righteous and who, who, who were the arbiters of what was sacred, look right into the face of God and hung him on a cross. So that's what happens when we assume that we know what's righteous and sacred as opposed to examining the scriptures and saying, okay, this isn't just some rule book on what we're supposed to be seeing as sacred. We're actually supposed to be studying about God himself. The book is about God, the builder who came as Yeshua to build these things within us. And I I say all this to say, Bill, when we don't have that foundation of who the law actually, not what the law is, who the law is, that is when you can have a Supreme Court who has no model to build an actual foundation on, on how they're going to interpret law. And then they'll look at these things and they'll just make it up as they go. And we got to accept their opinion as rule as we are ruled by the sinful reprobate mind and and unfounded notions of these people who are given this position of power. It's interesting when you're talking about stones, though, because um, during the three days right after the crucifixion, he was he was placed inside stone. And and it's interesting that the that the tomb didn't have a door, didn't have a gate, Mm -hmm. didn't have a fence. You know, it was made out of stone. It was covered by a big stone, right? This is this is supposed to be the permanent thing. It's, you know, it's not going to slow him down much, I guess. Um, <laughs> there, needless to say, uh, well, for those of you not familiar with the story, uh, I grew up in Bermuda, so I went to uh, Church of England, Anglican Church, till I was probably seven or eight, and then I just stopped going. Went to Sunday school, stopped going, and spent the big part of my life in the middle just being kind of a materialistic kind of atheistic kind of guy. But even then, now I know I know full well what um, my former fellow travelers would call this. They would call this superstition, but I suspect it's actually something deeper than that. Even then, you wouldn't find me taunting God, even if I didn't believe in him. You wouldn't find me doing that. You know what I mean? We when I, we had a sketch comedy show back in Florida in the mid-90s. And it was, you know, irreverent and and and, and wild. And we and one of my favorite sketches, which we never shot, was one of my favorite guys. And and he was out there. <laughs> I don't know. He's out there, and it's a golf tournament. And he's got this short little putt, and he's like a golf professional. And he misses the putt. And then he grabs his putter, and he looks to the sky, and he says, "Eternal enemies, you know, <laughs> you and I are eternal enemies, you know." And then lightning comes and strikes the putter and stuff. I never. I never did that. You know, I never, I never had that sense of 
of this. There was uh, some footage came out recently at, at one of America's Institutes of Higher Learning where they were having a service, I think, in the school chapel where they talked about um, God being gay. Uh, you know, welcome all of you to, you know, in the spirit of his of his queer majesty, that kind that kind of language. Mm. And I, I watched this and I thought, it's it's you know, it's it's not a rational belief, but on some level I suspect it's more important than a rational belief. I listened to that and I thought to myself, getting pretty close to a thunderbolt there, you know? <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a and whatever the cause of that. It comes from a place of, of, of having somewhere inside me the idea that there are some things that you simply don't touch. I don't think, I don't think standing on a mountaintop and proclaiming God as gay is, it's not the kind of thing I would do. And so I, I saw this, uh, this, this thing and I thought, boy, you know, Thunderbolt alert. And I thought, man, it's just a sign of our times how how fast things are unraveling. And I should I should clarify that by saying that when I say unraveling, I mean unraveling at the edges. I think the heart of the country is still is very, very strong. But out there on the fringes, it's going fast. Yeah, I mean to 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 announce or declare God is gay. Why? Why does why does God have to be gay? Why yeah, what, 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 what is God's sex life anyway, right? I mean, Indeed. honestly, it's just, it's just so, it's, it's not just blasphemous and, 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 and sacrilegious and, and profane. It's just stupid. You know, it's just <laughs> dumb. It's like a couple of snails arguing about who's going to get out of the way. It, it really is. It just, it just really, really tells you a lot about these people and, and the, and the level, the intellectual level that they're operating on. Yes, yes. And, 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 but the, to, to target God as if it gives validity, uh, to their lifestyle. Right. You know, of, of all the things to be, let's, well, let's make God gay or let's call him gay. And, and because they have made their thrust against God, it's like, do you feel more empowered now? Why, why do you need God to draw on power? Why God? You know, it's, if, if you're going to if you're going to challenge any deity, why come after the God of Israel? You don't go after Buddha. You don't go after Muhammad. You don't go after any of these other people. You go after God, you know, and that really speaks volumes as far as that goes. It does. And so I don't know in, in terms of and this is this has long been, you know, even even uh, um, Elijah was going through the same thing when you have people who would boast in their gods and stuff like that. And Elijah, you know, and it's like. Really, who, what, what, who is this God that, that answers you? You know, and, and so Elijah comes in and says, okay, let's have some fun with this. You guys go ahead and dig a pit and I want you to guys to drench it with water and, and the whole nine yards and then starts teasing them. And as you said, you know, it's like, hey man, we, maybe we need to start ridiculing people. Well, Elijah did, you know, he really, he ridiculed these people so much that they went full on berserk trying to get their gods to answer them, taking out knives, cutting themselves until they gushed with blood, would flagellate themselves, trying to get their gods to answer them. And Elijah says, oh, that's cute, right? Yeah. Well, watch this. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out too good for you. And we're seeing, we're starting, I mean, once again, as this, as we peek through this, this valley again, and, and we're starting to see this cycle resurface again, we see the belligerence of these people. 
You, we see how these people, it's like, it's like, man, you guys are driven by demons. The anger, the belligerence, the hostility, the things that they can look at, the truth that that's right in front of them and still reject it. It's like, man, this is like a supernatural kind of stupid. How do you not see that? And pride you know, and rage, so, man. Those two things together. There's nothing. There's nothing more dangerous than a than a than a person who is uh, filled with pride and feels like they've been um, been um, uh, cheated or, or, yes. or demeaned or whatever. Absolutely, and and it's not, and it gets to a point where it's not even justice that they want. They want the power trip. They want revenge. They want revenge and they want the power trip of the guilt trip. If they yep. can make you feel perpetually guilty, that's empowering to them. Yep. And, and America has been in, in like this perpetual indictment for I don't know how long. It's like it, there's nothing it can do to redeem itself. And the thing is, that's in a way kind of true. America cannot redeem itself. The, the redemption has already been done. It's not about redeeming ourselves. It's about answering to the redeemer itself. It's not about saving ourselves. It's about acknowledging that we are saved. That's always been the problem. Yeah, we just got to cash the check, basically. Thank you, man. Just, 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 that's, that's why they pay you the big bucks, Bill, because you bring it right home just like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and just, just to close this, you know, we live in an age now where, um, where there is a, a fairly large and growing Satanist movement. And if you look at their uh, literature, you'll find that what they're basically saying is that the entire biblical stories, we understand it is just history written by the victors that that Satan is actually Lucifer and he's the bringer of light and he's a free thinker and he's uh and he's a uh, you know uh, he's a scientist and uh and he's a re rebelling against this tyrannical rule and stuff and I'm thinking oh he's also the prince of lies but 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 just from a personal point of view if we're going to have Satanists in this country, I really much prefer those that would draw pentagrams on the ground and summon demons honestly. Uh, at least those people are, are, are living the dream, you know? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a, as our, um, you know, buddy Andrew said, you know, who, you know, he would tell me, you know, I would not want a constitution that did not recognize uh, that, that, that wasn't built on this Judeo-Christian foundation. I wouldn't want to. And, and Breitbart, not being a, a Christian himself, still said this is the, it's like, I wouldn't have it any other way. It would be foolish. I'm paraphrasing here, but it's still still where he's coming from. He says it would be yep. foolish to try to separate ourselves from that. It's like you you want these biblical principles in there because it's the safest place to be. You know, to believe however you want, as long as your beliefs don't intrude on somebody else. You, you, there's no other place in the world like it. You know, and that's something that we definitely want to maintain. It's something that we should treasure. Um, I don't go as far as saying you don't have to be. A Christian and, and, and the Lord himself wouldn't have it in any other way. It's like, no, you, I do not ever make this a theocracy. Do not ever force believing in me onto anybody else. Is Isn't there that interesting, by the way? Yeah. Don't you find very, that fascinating? Don't yeah. you find that a statement of, of like supreme confidence compared to other religions, which are like anybody who says anything, but, you know, off with his head or out the country they go? I've always been so impressed by that. Yeah, totally. And that, that, that's where the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean that people haven't tried. You know, and that's one of the things that gives, you know, Christianity a bad rep is that you have had people, you know, throughout history who go and try to force it, you know, on people. And the Lord even warned about this. It says there will be people who will be taking you into the synagogues and they will be killing you in my name. Well, the Lord already established in his commandments, don't take my name in vain. You don't go out and sin against other people saying that I gave you authority to do it. That's lying on me and I will be very hostile towards you for that. 
So, you know, but these people thinking that they're doing these good things and thinking that they have their reward, the Lord says, no, you have your earthly reward. That's what you get. All right. But your eternal reward, you're going to be pretty sorry for. Um, so, you know, people taking these liberties to do these things and thinking that they're doing something good and thinking that they're saving us from something awful. They're doing these things on their own accord and it doesn't have a good result at all. Correct. And speaking of uh, is nothing sacred, um, the reason that this system has worked so well and the reason this violation of the Supreme Court trust is so egregious and so disturbing is because, as Andrew said, you know, I think that Constitution is based on on principles that makes the Constitution sacred to me. It's something that that I think is beyond reproach and, and, and shouldn't be touched. Maybe we should just read it. That would be a good start. Um, read it and take its advice. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signal. It's made possible by the members here at BillWhittle.com, uh, for whom we are eternally grateful. And um, and if you'd like to join us, we sure would like to have you. There's a link uh, in the description below. For Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time right here on the Virtue Signal. Mm-hmm.